today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie now, moving on to this news that blood tests could be used to detect Alzheimer's disease up to 15 years before symptoms develop. This is according to new research we're hearing about today. The scientists behind this say that high blood levels of certain proteins are strongly associated with dementia. And for more on this, I'm joined on the line by neurologist Professor Tim Lynch. Good morning, Tim. Morning, Claire. How are you? Very well, and thank you for joining us on this one. It, it might be really useful if you just explain to us about the proteins in the blood and how they might lead to an ability to predict a disease like Alzheimer's. Right. Um, so, I suppose backdrop to it, obviously, Alzheimer's and dementia is a clinical diagnosis, <clears throat> often supported by different tests that we may do on patients, like doing an MRI scan, sometimes a PET scan, which is kind of a dynamic biological scan, and often a lumbar puncture looking at particular proteins. We know, for example, that Alzheimer's develops initially, it seems to be mishandling of a protein called amyloid, and then subsequently a protein called tau. And both of those proteins get mishandled, misfolded, and accumulate in brain cells, some of our 100 billion neurons, and damage them and result over time in Alzheimer's. In this study, what they did was they used a UK biobank of samples um, on a large number of people, actually over 50,000 people, and then determined who developed Alzheimer's over a, or should I say dementia, over a period of about 14, 15 years, and then looked at blood samples that had been taken 14 years before that to see was there a way that there would be markers in those blood samples that could predict who was going to get that. So there's about 1,400 people developed dementia over that period of time, and then were there simple, uh, particular proteins that popped up. And what they did was they did a, a, what's called a proteomic study, which is kind of a bit of a, <clears throat> a trawling fishing, where you look at all the various proteins in the blood samples and see which might be either increased or decreased 15 years before developing dementia, and then what might predict it. So, and so, four of them popped up. So, so what was seen was, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong here, the accumulation of proteins in the brain. That's what was found all of these years before the symptoms were noticed. So I suppose you were determining was, would the proteins in blood predict that? And actually, in fact, the proteins that they found in blood <clears throat> were not the usual proteins we find in brain. There were different ones. One is called GFAP, another one called neurofilament, and there's two others. Now, these proteins may be involved certainly in a number of things, including structural aspects of the brain and indeed uh, perhaps inflammatory aspects of the brain. And we know that in Alzheimer's, that, um, we know that there's a problem in the brain both from protein mishandling, misfolding and accumulation. There's an energy problem of production within the brain cells in due course. Mm -hmm. And there's an inflammatory component to the progression of dementia. So these four proteins might be related to some of those different pathways and might give you a marker to say if you're abnormal levels of those, could they predict that you're at higher risk of Alzheimer's or dementia 15 years down the way? But Tim, what, does, what does this mean? Like, Does this mean now that we screen the entire population for these proteins? Because that is hardly feasible, or is it? Um, well, nowadays, with, I suppose, laboratory-improving techniques, it's getting easier and easier to do what's called proteomics. However, I think it's a good question. I think the first thing that should be done is this needs to be looked at in a different population. Because they were, they were very frank in, this, in the study. This is a UK population, you know, and about 95% of people in that are white. So we've no idea whether this is applicable to black population or to Asian population or otherwise, and different ethnic backgrounds. Because there may be, you, you have to be careful that some of these proteins that are either raised or decreased might be up for other reasons. 
So I think that it's an important study, but it's one that's going to have to be repeated in a different population, in a different biobank to see, does it bear out across different populations? And are, are these legitimate biomarkers to indicate risk of Alzheimer's? Mm-hmm. I think it still means that a diagnosis of dementia is still a clinical diagnosis. That's number one. And that's going to be a GP and, a, and an assessment by either an old age medicine physician or a neurologist or an old age medicine, old age psychiatry physician, backed up by some imaging and, and maybe a lumbar puncture. Will the blood sample be used increasingly in that fashion? Yes, it will. And indeed, last year, there was a study that looked at blood samples, looking at that protein I mentioned earlier, the one that's mishandled the brain called amyloid. And that was shown in a smaller study that it could be possibly predictive of developing Alzheimer's over time. So I think these are going to be added to our armamentarium for diagnosis. But most importantly, they may be um, used that could you predict somebody at risk? And then you might start thinking about are there therapies that could slow up or maybe stop the progression of Alzheimer's in those people. And are there? Well, we do have a number of new drugs that were released and approved by the FDA in the States. And these are what are called monoclonal antibodies. The Canamab being one, Aducanamab is another one. And the idea behind those was the companies went after that amyloid protein, developed an antibody, which is where the MAB, Lecanamab, stands for. And you infuse that antibody into the patient. And the idea was it would latch onto the amyloid in your brain and suck it out and clear it and hopefully stop the disease. Now, the studies are interesting in that um, certainly the second lecanemab is suggesting that it might slow the progression of the disease by about 30%. That's good. However, we have to be careful here because we know that there were some side effects with the aducanemab in that some patients developed small little brain hemorrhages in the brain picked up by imaging, particularly those who are on, on blood thinners. So we've, we've got a few wrinkles to sort out here first with regards to using these monoclonal antibodies. But it is important, it's a game changer, in that suddenly we've got therapies potentially that might be able to slow up the progression of the disease. It doesn't look like it can stop it yet, but that's going to be, you might combine that with somebody who's at risk of Alzheimer's, for example, say in the family, and you might say to them in their 40s and 50s, right, you've got to be busy, keep your brain cognitively involved, maintain activity, make sure you do lots of exercise, keep them fit, make sure you have a good diet with lots of vitamin D and the usual stuff that got fish proteins and fish, and make sure you've got good sleep where your brain gets cleaned at nighttime and washes out those proteins that accumulate in the brain during the day. Mm. And that may end up being combined with a monoclonal antibody in high-risk patients to try and offset the onset of the disease. Because the problem that needs to be solved, and one of the researchers behind this report that we're discussing said this, that by the time dementia is diagnosed, it's almost too late. I mean, that that is the nub of the problem, isn't it? To a certain extent, although certainly we do see people, you know, coming in with worried about things, and we may end up making a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment, MCI. And that doesn't, is not classified as dementia. But certainly in those patients, you're giving them a lot of instructions regarding be active and busy physically and intellectually and look after yourself. And some papers with MCI do not progress to dementia. So I don't think that's fully true. I think that, however, on the other hand, you would like to get in earlier biologically to try and stop the, the process up top and, and that in some fashion do that. Mm. Uh, I think that these antibodies I referred to, we've got more development of those to be needed. It may involve, actually, we may need an antibody to two or three different proteins that you might be rather than just one to stop or to arrest the progression of it. And that's going to work, that's going to happen over the next while. This blood test process may be very helpful in that circumstance because you may end up with a study saying, right, we're going to take a cohort of patients who are at risk of developing dementia based on these blood samples testing, and then we're going to put them on these therapies and see that can we decrease the risk of Alzheimer's over 10, 14 years. Maybe, I think there's a bit of more work to be done. We need, as I said, a second 
by a bank to be looked at or a third one. Actually, I would give a plug to this. I, would, I did notice that this is a UK biobank, and they were able to use this group from China in particular and the University of Warwick, the data that was released by the UK biobank for this analysis. So it was really a good example, actually, of giving open access to data coming out of studies that were then used for further studies, which is something that people should be aware of, actually, be partaking in these biobanks is really excellent because you're able to use this data and then other groups can study it as well in detail. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we might move along a little bit once we have more information. Tim, good to talk to you as always. Tim Lynch there, who is a neurologist. Uh, let's take a break. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.